0: It's time for another Pinball Profile. I'm your host, Jeff Tiolis. You can find everything on pinballprofile.com past episodes and more, all your subscriptions. You can also see us on Twitter and Instagram at Pinball Profile. Emails us, pinballprofile at gmail.com. I mentioned past episodes. I've been putting old episodes on. So I think there's actually about 90 of the almost 300 still to go. They'll get on there. It just takes a little while, a little bit of editing and maybe freshening up, adding a few intros, extras, that kind of thing. And also the search engine. But one of the ones I just recently uploaded was one from March of 2018. The first time you heard our next guest because he was coming off a big win at TPF in the, I think it was the Wizards Challenge or whatever it was. Robert Byers joins us again. Hey, Robert, how are
1: you? I'm terrific, Jeff. How are you doing?
0: Good, good, good. hope everything is uh, well there as far as uh, coronavirus land and all that. Uh, Everyone's safe and sound?
1: Yeah, we're safe here. We're taking precautions, masks, minimum touch points where we can, but uh, still want to live. It's at that tough balance. So, you know, still being extra cautious.
0: That's all we can do, right? Just uh, throw on the mask and uh, make sure that we are uh, washing our hands and all that kind of good stuff too. And, and we can still continue on. How's your toilet paper stock? What's your Lysol wipe situation like?
1: Uh, Lysol, okay. Got lots of toilet paper. Got stocked up on that. You know, good Costco run when everything got back to normal. So I think I think I'll make it.
0: Okay, good. Because you're a busy guy. Uh, you've been competing even though the IFPA isn't happening right now and you're one of the top players in the world, but there are some competitions still going on. I know with Ray Day, Raymond Davidson, you've been kind of tackling his pin baseball. Can you explain what that is?
1: Yeah, it's an interesting uh format that Raymond put together and I was actually one of the inaugural people. He put it together and I would just happen to be set up to play, and uh, Zach from Slam Tilt, and we fired up a game in Jurassic Park. So to quick overview, it's like playing baseball. You play innings in a game, so you set target scores on the machine and you play. If you reach the, the first target score, you get a single, double, triple, or home run. If you don't reach the target score, you get an out. So you get a bat nine players, so you get to play nine one-ball games to try to score runs. That's the overview of it.
0: Which is interesting because... The way you and I as competitive players play, we don't really play that way. We play the long game, which is what you're going to get at the end, whether it's setting things up, getting things ready for maybe stacks of modes and multi-balls, as opposed to just one ball, not so much a speed run, but just put it all in one ball. You can't really play the long game that way.
1: Yeah, it's definitely a strategy switch, and so we played Jurassic Park, and And usually I'll hold off to start T-Rex Multi Ball until later in the game, or if I can stack it on something with the control room mode or different things. But in this format, it was 30 million to get a single. So if you didn't get 30 million, got it out, you got three outs, your inning's over. So my strategy had changed to I'm going to get into this multi ball and try to get the 30 million. Once I get the 30 million, then I'll step back and decide where I'm going to go from there. How many outs an inning? Three. Three outs an inning, just just like regular baseball. Is it a
0: three inning game or a nine inning
1: game? You can pick however many innings you want. The inaugural, we just did three innings oh, okay. because um we started at like 9 o'clock at night. So, you know, it depends on how hard you make it. You know, I think nine innings, you know, is a long time because you could bat nine balls, nine players each inning. If you don't get three outs, that's going to be a long day for better players.
0: But the one thing, too, is when you get that home run level, you stop, right? You can't do any better than a home run. What, are you rounding the bases twice?
1: Well, it's just like a, a baseball game. If, it, if you get a single, you got a guy on first, and then if you get a get a double, the guy on your next ball, then you got a guy on second and third. Um, there's no extra base advances. You just move around, and then if you hit a home run next, it clears the bases. But you still have got six more batters. You fire back up. Wow. So it can be some strategic moves. When you come into, okay, I got a guy on, on second, I really want to go for a double because this is my last batter. Because if I get a single, it doesn't do me any good. So it, it changes strategy based on players you got on base and uh, how many outs you got, how many batters you got left. So it, it's intriguing, and it makes you makes you think and adjust your gameplay from, quote, batter to batter.
0: You need to add things like tilt as like a double play or some kind of interesting baseball audibles. I don't know how you could do a steal. Death save?
1: Yeah, maybe. He talked about that, um, is that, um, so you set that minimum score for the single, but then you set a doubly minimum score that if you don't get like 10 million, then you get a double play. So that's kind of interesting.
0: You can check that out. Uh, Contact Raymond Davidson, maybe on Facebook or check out, he's got a Discord channel too for his pin baseball. It sounds like a lot of fun, but you mentioned Jurassic Park. Now that is a game that's going to be highlighted in IE Pinball. Carl D'Angelo's pin clash, which is coming up in early December Tell us about what's going on in the pin clash and what you got to do there.
1: So, first off, we'll give Carl super kudos for putting this together. One, just from a tournament standpoint, um, a lot of work on his part. But then to set up a and have an interesting qualifying because he had so much demand was also brilliant because it sets up for a quick four, five, six-minute gameplay on a stream, and what they're doing is, best 24 qualifying times on escape nublar challenge without the randomness make the finals so you've got all these streamers going online trying to beat the best time uh it's just it's just brilliant and it's fun and exciting and i thought i would get tired of it after a couple goes but i'm just uh, right now just talking about it i'm itching to fire up jurassic park as soon as we're done and play some runs
0: and you do that online, like you said, with the streaming too, so that everyone can kind of see your progress. And it doesn't matter whether you have a pro, premium, or LE, he does different setups so, so that everyone's kind of basically playing the same way.
1: Correct. The Escape Nublar Challenge is pretty standard across all the models, so that kind of neutralizes things. And he didn't sit too much store and set this, set this. I mean, you can move in and out lanes if you want to, but most people have factory setups. You have to have your tilt. Um, and you have to play online. That way he's editing each one. So within 48 hours of your stream, you have to, I've been clipping highlights of just that game and then sending it to him and he reviews and posts it. So on the Penn Class website, you can see all the qualifying times and you can actually click that time. And he set it up where it links you to the Twitch page. So you can watch that person play that time. It's just, it's, it's brilliant.
0: Yeah, Carl's done amazing with his IE pinball and really during this whole COVID-19 thing, his incredible wizard mode runs and now giving back to the community with this pin clash, a $1,000 prize for the winner and so many different entries. I know the top 24 are going to make it, but I think I counted 43 different people are going to be participating in this. So watch for that in early December and good luck to you on that, Robert. Thanks. I know in Austin, there have been some changes there. Sad to see Buffalo Billiards close down again because of the pandemic. That place was the home of the Bat City Open. I loved what Jesse and the crew did there. So much fun in Austin on 6th Street and uh it was a bummer to see that one closed down.
1: Yeah, that was unfortunate. I I knew a little bit about um the potential for that, but it was just uh kind of hearsay here and there and then um there was a post and I think that that property had been down for a while. It's right in the middle of 6th Street on the corner and I don't know all the details, but I know they're repurposing it. But long story short, we lost the best place in town to play pinball and have tournaments. Of course, we didn't have the Bat City open this year with the COVID thing. So that that was a bummer. But we've had some spinoffs off of that. A couple of new locations open up.
0: Yeah, I saw Shooters, which I had to look at their website, and I was shocked. I'm like, okay, am I in Austin, Texas here? What's going on here? Because it was like a Green Bay Packers headquarters. What's what's up with Shooters?
1: Shooters is a. Um, they have two locations. Are I, I'm excited because they're on the north side of town. Most of the locations have been kind of kind of south. Um, so it's a good you know 25 30 minute trek for me. But Shooters is uh, on the north side. Uh, there's one on the north side, one on the northwest side of Austin, and it's just your standard, your bar, lots of TVs, uh, pool tables uh atmosphere but one of the things that the owner there wanted to do was to bring in pinball and start um uh exploring that so he finally got a hold of Jesse and Jesse's still working to route the machines that were in Buffalo Billiards and he brought up five machines and it's 7 minutes from my house so I'm excited to once things settle down and it's more open to start maybe setting up a league night and maybe you know week and monthly Tournaments here and there. Pretty excited about that.
0: Best of luck to shooters. There's also Cidercade, which I thought I saw was it 150
1: different pinball and arcade machines? Correct. So Cidercade is not really an arcade, they're a cider maker. Um, they have two locations in Dallas and they finally opened up one here in town and they couldn't have picked a better place. So there was a Joe's Crab Shack that was located on Lady Bird Lake on the opposite side of downtown. So this location has balconies. It overlooks the walking trails, overworks the, looks the lake, overlooks downtown. And I think they have about 25 pinball machines, most of the new ones. Heck, one of my streams at Top Rope, Colin and I set up uh, with the owner there. We were able to stream a, a Avengers Affinity Quest LE on site. That was pretty cool.
0: You mentioned Top Rope Pinball. That is your stream, and you can find that on the Pinball Network. It's fun, and first of all, you get to see some great play, but also a lot of entertainment, too, because as we know from previous streams and appearances in tournaments, Robert, you certainly love wrestling and uh, the intros you put on Top Rope. Very funny.
1: Thanks. I appreciate that. That idea of Top Rope came because once everything started getting canceled, um, and more people were streaming. I said to myself, I'm going to think I'm going to gear up to do some streaming. It'll be fun. Once COVID's over, I can, you know, go over to Colin McAlpine's place or Brad Holiday's place or, you know, Buffalo Billiards tournaments. We could set up streams. Unfortunately, that's not going to be possible now, but it kind of grew. I figured, ah, top rope. But after a couple of my initial streams, I came up to the idea to do wrestler intros to open the stream up. And that's been fun and kind of crazy.
0: You've always kind of done some fun things, whether it be on streams or, gosh, I remember you doing karaoke in your videos from your your drives (laughs) on Facebook. And I'm like, this guy's fearless. It's, It's a lot of fun. But that's the thing I like about you because, you know, you're just trying to have fun and make people smile and laugh. And you do that.
1: And that's the key to Top Rope. Uh, you know, I do gameplay tutorials. I've done a couple drinking streams, which have been over-the-top funny. Um, I'm a happy drunk, so once I get, you know, <laughs> five or six shots in, it's all fun and games. I remember one of the streams I was doing on Star Trek. I was I was pretty toasted, and I uh, started a new game, and next thing I know, I had collected all six gold medals for the sweep and <laughs> didn't even know it. That was pretty impressive.
0: Well, your pinball play must be good when you're hammered, because your trivia sucks. We had you on final <laughs> round. And uh, that was fun. This is going back to, I guess, episode six or seven or something like that. Middle of the pandemic, we're throwing up our hands. We're like, what the heck can we do? Everything was closed. Zoom was really popular. We're like, you know what? We're going to get a bunch of people on, and we're going to have a little drinking contest. And uh, you did not disappoint. I will say that.
1: Yeah, I'm a a fun drunk, for sure. So I don't drink often. That's the thing, especially when tournaments. Um, When I'm out of town, I very rarely have a drink. But when I do, I have More than one. (laughs) I try to keep up with Marty, you know, which is hard to do.
0: Oh, good luck on that. Not going to happen. But I think we even had secret word, and I don't even remember what the word was for your round. But it might as well have been the word "the" because we guys got you hammered pretty quick.
1: Yeah, that was crazy. I was just looking at my uh, my notes here because I like to be prepared. But yeah, I've done fifty five episodes of Top Rope, and in those fifty five episodes, I have done a total of seventy one wrestler intros. Wow. Let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, about 25 to 30 different wrestlers. And so this is not just doing their gimmick. I have their music. It opens up. I've got costumes. I've got outfits. I've been known to spray water around like stone cold with beers and, and spraying with the game. So, um, I encourage everyone to go on the top rope. You don't have to watch the whole hour stream. Just watch the first four or five minutes of some of these, and you're going to get a good laugh.
0: They are funny. I met Stone Cold once. Did I ever tell you that? It was backstage at a Raw event in April of 1999 in Detroit, Michigan. And okay, <laughs> can I confess this to you? What we did? Sure. We were actually there for Tigers' opener. We went, we saw the Tigers' game, and then we went to a bar. I can't remember what it was called, Il Postino or something like that, The Post. And it was really close to the Joe Lewis arena and we saw the WW, maybe it was WWE or WWF at the time.
1: Probably F back then. Yeah.
0: We saw these trucks and we're like, oh my God, they're doing a show there tonight. It's a Monday night. It's got to be raw. So I said to my buddy, and you got to remember this is 1999, all right? So flip phones, you know, no camera phones, stuff like that. I said to my buddy, I said, okay, we're going to walk in through the, in the loading area. This is like mid afternoon, right? So it's like four o'clock maybe. Walk in. Pretend you're talking on the phone. Don't look anybody in the eye and just keep walking. Like you own the place. Until somebody touches you and says, get out of there. That's it. And he's like, oh, we're going to get busted, Red. And I'm like, no, no, no. Because the wrestling guys will think we're with Joe Lewis. Joe Lewis will think we're with the wrestling guys. If you just keep walking and be confident, we did. We walked in. As soon as we walked in, there's this like sandwich and drink bar and a little lounge area. And we're like, oh my God, there's Jerry Lawler. There's gold dust and they're all watching like TV and we're like, okay, quick, grab a sandwich, grab a drink, like look like you're supposed to be here and just not ooh and ah over these people. Right. We stayed there for three hours
1: we stayed there for three hours
0: all the stars are coming in there's triple h there's china and then the rock came in and and you know we're talking all these people just kind of casual not fanboy stuff stone cold was there and i saw this case of coors light beer and it was an empty case and i said to him stone cold they're out of your beer and he's like better get a new brand then (laughs) just (laughs) he he didn't get really nice you know on with his day awesome (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah. No, that's the key. Just you act like you're supposed to be there and then nobody questions you. So that's awesome.
0: Better to ask for forgiveness than permission.
1: What's interesting is um, Undertaker has like 100 acres in Bastrop, which is southeast Texas. I'm just hoping to one day run into him. Big Mark. Yeah. When I lived in Houston, um, I saw who was it? It was. Oh, my gosh, I'm drawing, drawing the blank. The guy that used to do the breakdancing. Our truth no, no, this is old school. I'll think of it in a minute. But there's a couple guys that live in Houston. I ran into them in a Gold's Gym. That was pretty cool.
0: Okay. First question: What were you doing in a Gold's Gym? <laughs> nice,
1: <laughs> nice <laughs>
0: deliveries. <sweat.
1: laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: I'm just kidding. Uh, again, check out Top Rope Pinball on <laughs> the Pinball Network. Yeah, you know, you mentioned Houston. I'm bummed I'm not going there because I was there exactly a year ago for the Houston Arcade Expo, which I found out very quickly. It is the party show.
1: It is the party show. If you're going there to just play in the tournament, you're going to have a bad time. <laughs> you got to go there to have fun and hang out all hours of the evening. It's it's just great. It's so low-key that it's it's a unique show, I would say that. The
0: tournament was great. Phil Grimaldi and everyone who ran that, it was a lot of fun. Um, I enjoyed the different banks. I know the women's tournament was spectacular. I remember, I think Ashley Ludwig won it last year and, you know, with Elizabeth and everyone who runs things are there, it was, it was great to see, you know, all these wonderful people from Texas and people from Louisiana kind of showing up there. Good show, lots of fun, but I don't know if it was just because it was the end of the year, the party atmosphere. I don't know why. It was a go-to event. Once I went there, I'm like, I got to come back because that's just way too much fun.
1: Well, what's great about Houston is, is one, you've like you said, you've got Phil Grimaldi, top-notch guy, top-notch tournament director. Elizabeth Dronay has come on to drive the women's portion of that, and there are a lot of good women players in Texas. They just don't venture out that much yet, but I see that changing in the future for sure. Um, So you're going to watch some names move up the list on that group, but. It's just, uh, the nice thing about Houston is if you're traveling, it's easy to get in and out of. It's relatively cheap, uh, with the, the two airports there and there is so much to do. It's so easy to make a five or six day little vacation out of it around the tournament, enjoy the tournament and then go, go see NASA or go, go down to Galveston, you know, pick a thing to do.
0: I got to come back because there was just limited time for me to be there. And there was a lot more I wanted to see for sure. I never ran into Beyonce, which was, you know, I was kind of hoping for her, being a, an H town native and all that stuff. But, uh, you mentioned Elizabeth Dronay, boy, she, she was wonderful. We had contacted before I showed up in Houston because she helped me with the pinball profile world tour event that mm-hmm. we did. And she was spectacular. Her kids are, are great players too. So yeah, it's a good community. The only thing I didn't like about Houston, Everyone was banging garbage cans. It
1: drove me nuts. (laughs) I was going to say, bring your earplugs, you know, bang, bang.
0: (laughs) No, it's a good time. And I I look forward to coming back. So as we talk about Texas and, you know, that's obviously been postponed with COVID-19. You mentioned the Bat City Open. That didn't happen in June. And now Buffalo Billiards is gone. Do you think that might show up at another venue? Is that something that is possible? I mean, it's probably too early to say.
1: Well, so since I'm so close to to the new location shooters, I told Jesse anytime he's up there teching machines or doing anything to give me a holler. So I've ran into him a few times, and he's determined to continue that. He's Good. real passionate about it. We just got to figure out the locations. Cidercade is probably the front runner just due to the size. We just have to figure out how to mix it up a little bit because the machines are pretty close and they're all moderns. You know, there's no solid states or EMs. They don't want to tech that stuff. Mm-hmm. So. That will be the challenge. But I I wouldn't say next year because I'm not sure what's going to go on next year. I don't see TPF happening, unfortunately.
0: Well, I've booked my hotel for TPF. So, I mean, yeah, we don't know. I mean, we have to see what's happening. And a lot of the companies are advancing and they're on stage three of vaccine testing. But, uh, yeah, who knows? I mean, right now the border's closed. This is the closest I can get to you, Robert, is by Skype.
1: Yeah, and it's not like the numbers are flat or going down. We're Let's be honest. We never really got out of the first wave. We didn't lock down long enough and, you know, it tailed off, but then it picked right back up. And now we're kind of in a second surge of the initial wave. I'm optimistic about being able to do things with mask wise and and not being locked down in the house, like some of the stuff they've had in in Australia and other places. But I don't see any mask venue, let's touch everything events occurring. And unfortunately, that's like pinball in a nutshell. We're all going to touch the same spots in the same places, and it's going to be hard to mitigate transfer of anything at that point. So, But we'll see.
0: Masks help. If you've got Lysol wipes, that's great, too. Purell, boy, buy stock in that for sure. But I, I'm hoping TPF happens because I know that's obviously big for you. Winning that still has to be one of your all-time highlights.
1: For sure. I mean, that kind of started my run of really pushing up. I think I end up getting up, up to about 60 in the world rankings and, uh, almost qualified or came close to qualifying for the big boy tournament, but the IFPA world championship. Yeah. The IFPA world championship. You know, I've, I've had a couple invites. Unfortunately, the ones I've been invited to were like the two days before. Oh, by the way, a spot opened up for you and I hadn't pre booked stuff. So there was just no way. Um, the year in Denmark, I got an invite and uh, I can't remember the other one, but anyways, I digress. So that was a big win, but then my. My my next biggest win was this year that started my year off gangbusters is I was able to win the Texas State Championship. And after watching Colin McAlpine win that four years in a row, it was nice to have somebody else new. I'm happy it was me. But the competition here in Texas to pull that off, talk about a confidence boost in your playing. That was it.
0: Yeah, there's so many great players for sure in Texas. And I know Stephen Bowden now lives there in San Antonio. I don't think he played in the Texas finals, but still, I mean, you've got good competition there. All the people in space city as well. Great group in Dallas. And, uh, there's no shortage of good players in Texas for sure.
1: Actually, I think this year was the year that, that Steve played. Did he? Yeah. Because he had, he's been down there for a couple of years with Deep Root now. So he, I believe he played here. I mean, our, our grand prize was like 1500 We were like third or fourth. So um, there was no reason to travel anywhere else for sure if you he qualified here in Texas. Well,
0: I know once your game really stepped up and the big win at Texas a few years ago in 2018 and certainly with what you've done early here in 2020 and uh, now we're kind of frozen to no IFPA. But that being said, your collection has grown a lot since the last time you were on Pinball Profile. What do you got?
1: Oh, uh, right now it took me eight months to get my jurassic park premium i think i ordered that in january with uh josh uh, when we was at indisc um i added a world poker tour um i have a star trek pro i have an iron maiden pro i uh, still have my gotley genie i think i had that the last time we talked
0: yep you had lancer and genie and
1: yeah lancers is gone getaway is gone um But I did add a couple EMs. I got Argosy, and I added Aztec. So I got a right spinner and a left spinner rip EM. So that's, that's a good combination.
0: Well, we're going to catch you on Top Rope Pinball on the Pinball Network. How often are you streaming?
1: I usually try to stream at least once a week. Most of the time, I try to avoid evening weekday streams just because there's so many out there. And I've kind of found a little bit of a niche kind of Saturday, Sunday mornings, usually maybe 10 to noon central time. It's a good time and there's not a lot going on during that. So that, I find that a good time. And I also pick up some uh, European people that are, that are still awake that'll come on the stream. So it's, it's fun times.
0: It is good. It's good to see all the different streamers, you being one of them added here in 2020. So we will catch you maybe, maybe in the top 24 in pin clash too for that Jurassic Park challenge with IE Pinball.
1: I think my best is 237 and I only need to get to 225, but repeating that over and over is tough. I did some calculations the other day and I posted on my uh, Facebook group on top row. You have to make 30 shots. 30 shots is what you need to make. If you don't get any, uh the bonus shot from the Raptor pit or the target between the pop bumpers to get extra escapes. So you have to hit 30 shots. And so if it takes two seconds a shot, that's one minute right there. So you only have another minute of getting the ball in the flipper, trapping up, or if you brick a shot, getting back in control. It's impressive that uh, that Escher and Ray Day have put under two minutes time, but that's my goal. Sub two.
0: Wow. We'll see. We'll check it out on Pin Clash. We'll check you out on Top Rope Pinball. Robert, good to talk to you again, buddy.
1: Yeah, it was good talking to you, Jeff. Hopefully, I'll see you again. 2024? Yeah, 2022. TPF. let's do it. Okay, buddy. <laughs>
0: This has been your Pinball Profile. You can find everything on pinballprofile.com. All past episodes, including the original one with Robert, episode 115. We're also on Instagram and Twitter, at pinballprofile. And please email us, pinballprofile at gmail.com. I'm Jeff Teolis.